Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick. Walking outside here. Adi is uh, working on the grass. He is mowing the grass in front of the rectory here. Ari also helps with our, uh, with our masses. That's an acolyte. Bedankte. Alles goed? Lukt het allemaal? Ja. Helemaal top. Ja. Ja. Ik denk ik ga maar even wandelen. Oh ja, ik schrok al. Ik denk, shit, wat zullen we nou krijgen? Ik de bij. Ik denk, nee toch, hoop ik. Nou, ik wil dat een beetje mijn, uh, mijn werk. Dus, uh, een van mijn programma's is een wandeling. Dus dat neem ik dan op. En dan klets ik een beetje door. Dus vandaar. Ah, is dat het? Nou, trek weer lekker naar gras. Heerlijk, hè? Ja. Heerlijk. Hey, ik zie je later. Doei. So he's like, okay. I see you walking around with your equipment. So I thought you were going to interview me. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. He helps with the... Uh, he's one of the two acolytes that we currently uh, have for our masses. Um, and... Uh, We, I try to work as much as possible with uh, with very well trained acolytes. He's one of them, because uh, because of the Corona protocols, we have to really uh, be very very strict as to uh, how people move on, on the you know in around the altar, etc. Hello. <laughs> so uh, it's a gorgeous day. Everyone is outside. I'm actually getting my. Uh, My doses of vitamin D, sunshine. Uh, it's it's one of the things that I think uh, came out of recent research that um, one of the common ailments of people that are suffering from corona is that they have a deficient, a huge vitamin D deficiency. Um, now this could be coincidental, but it is quite striking that this is the case in uh, most patients actually could be a coincidence because as far as I know uh, lots and lots of people nowadays have vitamin D deficiency and if you remember about a year ago two years ago now I had a, a very chronic vitamin D deficiency we even went to the hospital for blood examination because I was constantly tired and I didn't know what was going on what was causing it and then it turned out that I just had vitamin D deficiency was all depleted so I had to take supplements and that had an immediate effect on me like a, a few days later I was, my, my energy was back I was like oh this is how I used to feel and you, you kind of forget when you're when you've been weakened for a longer time you get you kind of get used to that situation and you forget what normal is and so uh, I, I, I think one of, one of the reasons that we all or most of us have vitamin D problems especially if you get older is that we we sit inside all the time and now with the lockdown it's even worse <laughs> there are days that I don't get outside at all even though this is one of the most gorgeous spring periods that I've ever experienced the sun has been shining almost constantly of course also causing problems because of the drought not enough rain especially for Dutch uh, for the Dutch situation but weather-wise Golly, I wish I could just live outside. <laughs> But, uh, well, as you know, there is a way too much going on right now. 
to take much time off. It is getting better. I'm starting to see the end of the, or the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and there are some recent developments that make me believe that uh, soon things will be more normal than I, I don't dare to hope for. You know the way life was before Corona, but definitely a little bit more balanced and less taxing. I've really had to be very careful with my boundaries um, and what I think I succeeded in doing was to really listen to my body if I were tired then I'm just tired and I'm going to get some rest if uh, something needs to be done and I need to act fast that's what I do first I'm constantly weighing the priorities my life is uh, is a hundred times busier than normal and I'm also dealing with a, n- a number of responsibilities that I normally don't have. And so what is required is that I constantly uh, weigh the things that present themselves to me. And whatever is not essential, what is not absolutely necessary, I'll just let it go. Or, or I'll just won't do it. And of, as you may have noticed, that also meant that last week... I decided not to to try to record uh, my my usual shows. I just uh, didn't have one single uh, hour available to do that. It was just too much going on, and uh, since my shows are (laughs) very much leaning on me being inspired and having something to say, I know that when my mind is occupied and, you know, I'm I'm making like 12 or 14-hour days then that's not just just not possible for me to to free my mind to to record my usual shows or youtube videos or anything like that and it's not such a big deal after all uh (laughs) i know that as soon as things fall into place uh things will get back to normal and then nobody will even remember a, a month from now that there was an episode missing so I try to constantly also tell myself, you know, nothing is really that important. So don't, don't overdo it. Don't force yourself. Save your energy for what the future will bring. And uh, well, one, of the, one of the cool things that happened this weekend is that we finally got to experiment with the, uh, the new camera equipment. I ordered two cameras for uh, the the live streams, I one is uh, a regular camcorder, which I wanted to use for just like a a, a shot of the entire church, or at least of the uh, the choir of the church. And then the other one is a remote camera that you can move through a web browser in different directions. You can uh, you can program shots, and it's almost a a 360 degree movable camera so it can go up and down and left and right and zoom in and zoom out and I kind of knew that that was something that probably would work but I'd never worked with a camera like that and it's been a a revelation it's been so cool Um, and and, and I was so enthusiastic about it that I decided to uh, ask the company that uh, sold me the two cameras if I could bring back the other the camcorder 
and pay a little bit more to get an extra to get a secondary uh, PTZ or PTZ camera um, and that will make it possible to do even more complicated uh, uh, shows and once those are in place I think we can approach the quality of a television mass uh, and I'm not exaggerating uh, which is fantastic <laughs> something that I always dreamt of I always had that in the back of my mind you know why don't we do this ourselves why, why are we so dependent on, on regular television technology isn't that complicated anymore but there was never really a reason to start experimenting with uh, broadcasting uh, masses. And now this corona situation has all of a sudden opened up that possibility, not only a possibility, but it made it a, something that is very valuable and, and a huge help to stay connected with uh, my parishioners. And, and that is the thing that I love the most... I can finally, finally reach a global audience with the International Mass. And uh, I have to say that I'm, I've, I've been so blessed with the effect of that, of that Mass. Um, I'm not there yet. I mean, there's so many things that I would like to do better. But for the time being, uh, focusing a homily on, on, let's say, a language and also imagery that geeks are familiar with really helps to make to set it apart from from anything else that's already available online and it brings in a crowd of people that normally would never ever sit down and watch a mass so it's a it's a very strange combination of both very classic liturgy latin uh frankincense uh just i try to create a beautiful liturgy even though our means of course are very limited because of the restrictions during the corona times and uh and at the same time i try to uh speak a language that i've never been able to use in church and it works and it reaches an, a whole new audience of people i so that is uh, that is very encouraging and i get so many kind reactions and uh it 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 helps people that for me is the most important thing that what that this helps people to build their faith and to uh, find courage even though you know this is difficult for everyone uh, it builds community as well so and it's here to stay that's one of the decisions that I that I've made I was like I want to continue this I'm not letting go of this this is yeah, on the contrary I would like to expand it even more I've also noticed that a number of these newer viewers that watch this mass for geeks are now have become patrons as well so really are um, participating in the mission and are helping and that is wonderful it's a bike passing me by so still I'm walking in this uh, small park not far from where I live and clearly especially the elderly couldn't stay at home and instead took their bikes and started <laughs> started running around here uh, which makes it a little bit more difficult for us pedestrians to keep our distance however i'm i'm a little bit uh uh comforted by the by the m more recent research that has shown that uh, in the open air transmission of the virus is rare and uh, it's pretty hard for the virus to infect people because there is wind, there is aeration, uh, there is um, 
what you call it aeration <laughs> the wind blows you know and it blows the virus away um that that is also a, a challenge for the near future uh, the our bishops have decided that uh, starting june the 1st we can have masses again with a maximum of 30 people but the church has to be uh constantly ventilated that was the word that i was looking for um, but in our church, because of the winters in the in Holland, uh, it's kind of shut. We can't really easily open a window. That sounds like a very loud, nasty motorbike that is not even allowed to drive to ride here. Seriously, dude. You can tell that he has uh, modified his uh, engine to make it louder. I always wonder what that is. It's always... It's always guys. <laughs> I don't know what they... Why they do that. There's so much noise. Maybe I should ask him. Anyway. And we're in such a nice environment and it's so quiet here and relaxing. I'm just going to go left here into the woods. I mean, why would you ride a motorbike with that much noise when the alternative is to listen to the birds the beauty of nature I don't know (laughs) as a child I didn't understand the fascination of of my fellow of my friends for cars and motorbikes and loud stuff why (laughs) okay well so we, we we're constantly uh having to deal with all these unforeseen problems that we need to solve uh, in in terms of how are we going to organize all this. It sounds easy. You just open your church and let in 30 people, but (laughs) it's almost like a dance. You have to be so careful. And it's so easy also to forget about the social distancing and the precautionary measures, which most of us have seen also on, on, on TV or in the news where... Uh, uh, this past weekend because of the again <coughs> excuse me that is allergy by the way <laughs> I walk here in the woods uh, I, I always get a little bit allergic all the the flowers are blooming trees are growing fast but uh, we're, it's, it's the, the situation requires a lot of attention for detail um and that is just time-consuming. Anyway, the, these cameras are amazing. So we'll, we'll, uh, I ordered a secondary uh, PTZ camera, or PTZ camera. And then we have to mount that. Uh, so I could nerd out on all the you know, technicalities of uh, the system. We also completely rebuilt the audio system, which was way above my pay grade. Uh, we had a, a whole hodgepodge... Uh, it was a hodgepodge situation where over decades people have been adding wires and and coming up with 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 uh, fixes and solutions and the whole thing was just huge, one huge cable spaghetti and it caused a lot of problems. There were probably also some cables that were broken because we would get these uh, uh, this 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 very loud audio crackling in the middle of a of mass without any particular. Uh, reason for it I, at least I couldn't figure out what was going on it's just probably a broken cable 
we completely rewired everything. <laughs> and as you can imagine, there's always something that you forget. So yesterday, on Monday, I get a, a message that oh, there is a funeral in the church and there is no, there is no sound. And I was like, no! <laughs> we tested this thing out for the entire weekend. We, we, uh, we had three celebrations in our church using the new audio setup. Like, how can this be wrong? Well, it turns out we did all those transmissions with the speakers off. The speakers in church, the, our, the, the audio guy that helped us said, you want to turn those off when you're broadcasting because otherwise you get, you get the, the, um, the interference of the audio from the loudspeakers. We'll get back into the microphone and it will just cause a lot of echoing and makes it harder to understand. So here's the switch and you flip them off. So that's what we did. Well, that sounded wrong. Anyway, so <laughs> we turned them off. <laughs> you flip the switch and turn them off. And uh, then we, we then uh, uh, did not turn them on for the entire weekend. And it turns out that he had forgotten to reattach the cable to the speaker. So even if we, when we wanted to turn on the speakers, it didn't communicate with the rest of the audio system. And so it was a huge panic. And uh, it's a funeral of a mother um not that old and uh, died of uh cancer pretty uh, abruptly um and so it's a very tense situation it was one of the first times uh, since the beginning of corona that we opened a church for the funerals so I, we removed all the equipment and then you get this audio problem so it's everybody is panicking and Nobody knows how to fix it. So my, my job at that time is just to jump in. I wasn't doing the funeral, by the way. I was supposed to be working, <laughs> at least to work in media. Um, and uh, But I, I just went in and tried to calm everyone down. I said, like, we're going to fix this. Don't worry. We still have time. And well, ultimately, the, the person who helped us install the audio equipment uh, quickly drove here and... Uh, and was able to fix it in a few minutes. And then we, we stumbled onto even more problems because they, they, nowadays a lot of these funerals... Oh, wait a minute. I can't cross this. Kids build a, uh, a bridge here. So there is a... I think this is supposed to be a creek, but it's so dry that there's no water in it. And then they put these, um, uh, these trees over it, these dead trees in order to create a bridge. Let me see if I can cross it without falling down. This is going to be a balancing act. Uh-oh. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> I made it. Ah, that was a little bit of a Lara Croft moment here. Um, so the, uh, uh, the, the family wanted to play certain songs and audio recordings. That's the, other, that's the guy again with his motorbike. He hasn't learned a thing. Now he's going to pollute the air with all this noise. He's probably driving around on the road here on my left. Yeah, make some more noise. Sure, why not? It's a beautiful day. Anywho. <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit... Uh, I always try to avoid giving people too much room to do all this personalized stuff because... Um, listening to a song, even if it's the favorite song of the de of the deceased person, it kind of breaks the here and now, the presence of the liturgy, because you're listening to a, a pre 
pre-recorded thing and it just doesn't match the occasion I always feel like that I'd rather have someone sing a song or play an instrument live but don't let us just sit there listening to audio coming from the speakers but anyway they uh, had attached a laptop to the sound system and then they were complaining halfway through the funeral we can't hear anything and the, the volume is so low turns out they had all these different mp3 files that they were trying to play were recorded at different volumes you don't notice that if you're sitting at your laptop because you know it's coming from a small speaker but if you amplify it then you have huge differences so so that was a problem plus they had no idea what they were doing the 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 laptop itself this was the family of the deceased uh was the like the the settings of the media player the windows media player were at 100 percent but and if you have a windows computer you know that this problem individual apps not necessarily always correspond with the general settings of the system. And in this case, the Windows audio settings were set to 10% volume instead of 100%. So even though the app was at 100%, the overall laptop only put out 10%. So there was no way we could amplify that. So you're kind of troubleshooting technology in the sacristy while the entire church is sitting there mourning and uh, you don't want that. And that is why, uh, again, I, I learned from these moments. I was like, okay, next time, funeral, don't propose this to the family. Don't offer it. If you don't offer it, it can't go wrong. And you'll challenge them to be more creative instead of you know, just playing all these stuff. It's, the church is not a service center where you can just order uh, a la carte. And oftentimes it feels like that. I have that same issue with my, some of my colleagues for the Masses on Sunday, where at the very last moment they give me this list of, of requests, and yeah, we'd like to do this, and we'd like to do that. Like the other day, for this, we had this family Mass, and then they arrived with this uh, entire puppet theater. And, they put it, and I had no idea that they were going to do that. So the priest had a dialogue with one of the... The assistants and she would play the this monkey and then they would have a theological dis- discussion or talk or whatever i mean sure well-intentioned and i'm sure the kids loved it but they did not one single second think of the technical technological problems of me working with new cameras and then you have audio problems there was no light where they put the thing and then and they just present me that on the day itself and I, as if I am just you know here's the order, make it so and it doesn't work, that's not how the force works, that's not how Father Roderick works, so and this has been one of my uh, jobs almost for the past 10 weeks is constantly observe listen, judge and teach, I constantly have to tell people how things work, what they can do, what they can do, and well, it's, I guess it's part of of the leadership role that I have to take right now. But uh, it is causing a lot of issues, and it, it, and it's taking up a lot of time. It's mostly I'm not used to playing chess on uh, in 3D. <laughs> Feels like I'm Spock doing 3D chess against uh, Kirk and losing. <laughs> anyway. It is uh, 
it is what I, well, it's just, I've, I've been wondering, is this what I'm supposed to do? Because, of course, this is not my usual work. On the other hand, I do have the, the knowledge. I, I, I can do this. Whereas uh, there's no one around me that could be able to, uh, to do this. Or they would do it, but in a very uh, deficient way. So it's also uh, stimulating to be able to, to try out things. So I'm, I'm also considering this as a learning time for me to learn how to direct, uh, to teach myself to, to, uh, how, how to do these, these shows and transmissions and, and work with cameras. Otherwise, I would have never been pushed to uh, try to expand my technological media horizon. And now I am. And, you know, anyway... Nothing that I do right now is just for this period of time. I think we can apply this to many other projects in the future. One very cool thing that I did on Saturday uh, was I, I bought this uh, gimbal, so a stabilizing device for my phone, uh, the Osmo Mobile 3. Osmo is DJI Osmo Mobile 3. It was a... Uh, a gimbal that is able to carry around big phones. I did have a, a Chinese gimbal, but it only fit my uh, iPhone, and I couldn't make it work with my much heavier uh, Asus phone. So I saw an offer for this uh, DJI Osmo 3, bought it, and uh, I, I filmed or streamed um, a procession through the streets of Amersfoort. It's still up on Facebook. I think I shared it also on my on my Facebook profile. And it was a ton of fun to be able to uh, to film the entire to stream the entire thing. Unfortunately, low resolution. Facebook makes it very easy to stream, much easier than YouTube from a mobile device. But the quality is uh, subpar. It's just 480p, so it is. DVD quality and uh, because it was a walk a 45 minute walk through the old city of Amersfoort um, there was a lot of pixelation and compression happening so I wasn't too happy with the end result even though I have to say the, the movements itself filming so, something like that an event like that continuously without any cuts trying to figure out how to film this in an interesting way uh, that was a great challenge um, and something that I will definitely do again in the future. I was thinking I could probably even record this show, The Walk, with the gimbal. Although, when I did that the other day, um, I wasn't recording this show, but I did take people out for a walk. I was testing the gimbal with the phone. Um, well, I, I learned how, how hard it is to keep it interesting, because you don't want to be... Right now, you're just focusing on my voice, and you may hear the ambient sounds of nature around me and you have this mental picture but you're not looking at me all the time and so that's how you can focus on what I'm telling you whereas if I would film this I would constantly have to think um, what am I going to film <laughs> I could just do a selfie shot that's not going to be very interesting so in a way audio has its advantages over, over video but it is definitely possible with the gimbal to film longer shots, continuous shots, and still, because it's so stabilized, it's, it's still possible to, to show details and to 
walk around. I mean, this would be perfect for a walk in Ireland or Scotland. Just go for a... You're climbing up a mountain. I remember that I filmed uh, some of those uh, hikes in... Was it in Ireland, I think? And uh, we're, we're working on that uh, particular documentary. And you'll see that uh, it would have benefited from a gimbal. Because that was all filmed handheld. And, well, it's hard to climb. Uh, and sometimes even very steep parts of the mountain. And then hold a phone stable at the same, at the same time. That requires a lot of editing. With the gimbal, none of that is necessary. So I'm still looking into seeing if I can uh, do this through YouTube. Um, YouTube allows me to stream from my phone, I think even in HD, if I'm not mistaken. I should try that out. I can do that with my personal account because, uh, well, I have enough followers. For the parish, it's a a lot harder because you need to have a minimum of a 1,000 subscribers to YouTube. So I've been trying to spread the word, but I'm not sure if we'll ever get there. Let's wait and see. So, in a nutshell, I'm doing I'm doing well. I like to be outside right now. Um, now that these new cameras are almost in place, we're going to fix the audio system, uh, make it make it completely work. Um, tidy it all up next Saturday. Hopefully, the cameras will be there as well. And then I can start to uh, delegate it. So I've been receiving quite a few um, offers from people that follow me, both here locally but also internationally, saying, can I help? You seem to be overworked and very busy. Um, And I I appreciate it. But I also know right now what, what I need to do is to just keep focused on making sure that... Uh, everything is in place so that I can actually give it to other people. But if you're in a temporary situation and you're trying to uh, delegate it to other people, then you'll have to explain the temporary situation, which is usually hodgepodge and not very well organized. And that takes much more time than doing it myself. But the goal, the aim is still to be able to uh, hand over a lot of the work I'm just not there yet entirely, but it's it's getting closer. So here in a minute, I'm going to turn left and leave this the busy road here all beside me. So the uh, the other stuff that's going on, um, I was hoping to launch the new website, FatherRoderick.com, this week. But uh, the company uh, that makes that, that has created that website, and it, it looks gorgeous, and I'm so happy with it. It's very similar to Disney Plus in a certain way, even though I don't have the budget that Disney has. But I was like, I, just give me something like that. And they really pulled it off, so I'm super excited about that. Um, that company started working on a, a reserv- reservation system for the churches. Um, because we... For a month, we will only be able to let in 30 people for Mass. Of course, people have to register their seat. But normal tools 
just allow you to sell tickets and you can buy as many as you want. But for church, you want to do something a little bit more intricate. You want everyone to have the chance to go to Mass. So you don't want someone claiming their seat for, for weeks to come. You want to make sure that if someone has already been to one of the Masses, that the other parishioners get priority over that person so you'll have to kind of balance it out and so gave gave the company a lot of feedback on on what I think would be necessary so they're working really hard to make that happen because in a week from now we're already supposed to open our churches it is a race against the clock um, I don't know if we're going to make it but we should just try and see how far we get um, and I will continue to stream mass in the meantime, at least for the foreseeable future, because I think that it does fill a need and it also brings in people that would, even if we opened up the church, would, would never come uh, because, well, the threshold is too high. Ah, it's quiet here. I love it. Small farms. This feels a bit like the Shire. There's this nice white farmhouse here on my right with uh, straw on the the roof, a little bird houses. This garden is completely closed, but I hear a ton of birds nesting there. It's lovely. It's almost over. The, the, the flower time is over. Um, so the tulips and everything, that is... Uh, we're heading for real summertime, which uh, is usually a time where everything is very green in the Netherlands. But I kind of always miss the springtime colors. Oh well. Um, I'm also under some pressure to start filming uh, the new TV season. Originally, I'd planned to do that during the month of May, and uh, so I've been developing some ideas. Also, the broadcasting company came with uh, a request to kind of spice it up a little bit, change the format. Uh, and then the person that was in the lead that wanted me to change the format uh, has just recently announced that she will be leaving the company. She's been heading the company for, uh, or at least the division, the religious division of the company, for a couple of months now. But it's just not her type of work. So now I'm a little bit uh, in a conundrum. Am I going to continue this format? Or... You know, is, is the impetus is gone? Because the, the program, the way it was, worked fine and I, I knew how to make it. And I've never had anyone complain about the format. So I don't know in, to which degree I have to still complicate things because the, the new format that we came up with would involve me riding around through the Netherlands on a bike. This was all kind of thought up during the corona very strict corona lockdown uh, so I'd be biking around through the Netherlands and then visit places and interview people uh, so it would be more of a road show um, but that of course is very complicated compared to what I used to do which is I go to a place I have one person that I that shows me around and uh, involves me into her or his life and I have a couple of interviews and and that's it and I like that format because it helps me to go more in-depth 
to have longer conversations. And usually the best conversations are at the end of the day when you've established a re- relationship with the people that you interview and you've, you've got all the, the casual talk out of the way. And that's usually when uh, the conversation opens up and people go to the, the things that are really important to them. Uh, this new format, we come up with the idea to do it more like uh, Scotland and to do this, this you know, road trip and every episode would have two or three people that I would meet and interview. But a lot of the Scotland episode, I think, rested upon uh, my own reflections on, on what I saw and what I learned. And it was this quest to just follow the trace of these early monks. And so that in itself was a very good narrative and it it helped well it allowed me to be a little bit more reflective than normal uh, but this with this format it's less clear at least not it's not clear to me what the real quest is or what the what the what is driving the narrative it before you know it it turns into this uh, you know racing around type of show and then we have completely unrelated topics people that I meet and the pressure to uh, hurry up with that can also prevent I think um, a, you know good conversations and to get, to go to the core it's, it's you then need to you know we're talking about 14 episodes uh, 12 provinces in the Netherlands seven dioceses three three people per show you're talking about 30, 42, 42 interviews. And then, of course, we want to be as efficient as possible, film it all in a short time span. And I've talked about it with the board of Tridio. Uh, and they were like, okay, well, we're, just, we're not going to jump into it right now. Let's think this through a little bit more. Let's look at the alternatives. We don't have to follow that format if we think as a board that there there are different ways to approach this which will be maybe less taxing and more rewarding um, and lead to better better conversations then well maybe we should first explore that and so there is this kind of this tension between do we act now do we act fast I like that I like to once I have an idea I'm ready to go or take a step back, think this through, and then maybe in the long run, the program will benefit much more from it. What for me is important, and also for the board, is that it is not as demanding as work was last year. So I want to do more. Um, the work that I do should ideally give me energy instead of taking away energy. That's not always been the case. Uh, but I remember that uh, very clearly from the Scotland episodes that that was invigorating. That was so cool and beautiful. And so I kind of that's why I wanted to expand that idea to the entire season. But, uh, but I think that we, we, we may have overcomplicated things a little bit too much. So what I'm trying to find out is what would fit me. If you followed me since 2005 as a podcaster, my strength has always been the impromptu 
documentary, audio documentaries. I had a show that was called The Catholic Insider. And I would usually record shows like The Walk, but wherever I was. So if I was on vacation in Spain, every day I would record a, an episode. And I would visit places. This was all audio. But I would go to a town, visit a church, uh, talk, interview some people, mostly my fellow priests. <laughs> and But the entire thing was more or less improvised. The only thing that I did prepare beforehand was uh, if we would visit a, an old building and I wasn't sure if someone could lead me uh, around and show me the premises, I would read up on it in a guide and then I would uh, pretend that I knew everything about that place. But very lightweight and it was a joy to make because every day was like okay so what what can I do what can I come up with I love that on the spot creativity and I think it, it creates a dynamic that is very hard to replicate if you want to prepare everything in advance and so uh, my strength has always been improv uh, improvisation uh, if you listen to one of my homilies uh, that is all improvised. There's nothing, well, almost nothing that I thought of it, it, uh, beforehand, which, also, of course, is also my Achilles heel. I'm going to walk underneath this uh, big highway. That's why you hear the traffic racing around above me in a minute. Big trucks and everything. And then here on my right is the, the railroad railroad tracks so there may be some trains passing by as well but uh, the Achilles heel is that sometimes when you improvise <laughs> well, you don't know what's going to happen and uh, things may become a little bit long in the tooth that is why editing is such a blessing because then you can just take out the best parts uh, when I'm just improvising a homily you can't do that so you'll have to bear with me oftentimes even without realizing it, I kind of jump into this podcasting mode and I'm just chatting away and I'm, I'm just enjoying creating a homily and just trying to find geeky references to the gospel, etc. Or, or vice versa. And I don't really notice how much time passes and it's only afterwards that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like a 25-minute homily. <laughs> that is pushing it. And, but if it were a podcast... I say, wow, 25 minutes, that's a very concise, short show. I hope I'm not going to receive any complaints that it's uh, too, sh too short. Oh, Father Roderick, I love that that's an hour. It is exactly my commute. <laughs> I've had these conversations so often in the past. But uh, because editing is definitely an, an option, or an, an option, it's a necessity for the TV show, then I, I'm not afraid to just go out and improvise more um, but it would require a different type of filming as well that's the train that's a brand new version of the train I've never seen this one looks very spiffy still has the same colors as most of our train system always uh, yellow and blue and grey and that's it um, but it, it does uh it makes it easier for me, I've noticed, that if, if I improvise everything, that I do it alone. Um, I think that was one of the coolest things of my Camino, was that every day I would wake up, I would have just my phone with me, 
and I was creating a story. And I could think about it. While walking, I was thinking, well, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do that. Hey, I wonder if that's one of our altar boys here running me past. I think it is. Anyway, <laughs> he just I met his father and, and him a couple of weeks ago, and he normally is uh, playing soccer because for a while, all soccer matches and training uh, had been suspended, and then he told me that he'd uh, turned towards running. And so... I think it must be him. <laughs> he probably didn't re- recognize me. Um, which reminds me, I need to do some more running. But not at this time of the day. It's super warm outside. And uh, well, I should run a little bit more in the morning. If I can get back into my routine, I will. So, But for me, the creative process is always um, something I have to do alone. Uh, when I can think and create at the same time, it feels like painting, you know, I want to be, and actually that gives me energy to just focus on, okay, how am I going to do this? And and then the, the creative impetus uh, comes from this desire to tell a story instead of, well, we have three meetings, three interviews scheduled, and we need to race against the clock, make sure all our equipment is in place. That's why I love to work with very lightweight equipment, because it helps me to be super flexible and to focus on the story and not on the technology. So anyway, but that's that's just one of the options. The other option would be to just uh, try to uh, prepare this super well and then... um, uh, record everything in a short time span and then just hand it over. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm allowing myself to take time. And the board of Tridio also really has told me this is our decision finally. And I'm not the head of uh, Tridio. I'm not in charge. Of course, I have uh, the creative voice. I, I come up with the ideas. But the board also has to make the business decisions uh, has to also sometimes protect me from myself. If I try to do too much, if I want to do everything at once, my current board is very good at saying, uh, we're not going to do that. (laughs) We want you to focus on this. And and that helps me also to tell other people, um, the board does not want me to do that. So it makes it sometimes easier um, to separate the business aspect and the personal aspect of these creative relationships. And I think that's important. That's very important. So, but I I give myself the time to think this through. I don't like to be pushed. Uh, It's it's kind of similar to uh, the situation in a parish. I love being able to completely manage the situation around these online masses. I don't think I could work if I if there were like four or five people also trying to steer the ship. This is something that if I want to do this well, I need to have full control. Not because I'm a control freak, but because this the process, the creative process is so complicated that you need to have one vision behind it and you can't work with request lists. That is, by the way, also a kind of a general rule. Uh, what, what, what should drive your life is vision. 
and not requests. So how, how many of us kind of live from day to day uh, driven by this or that person that tells me, can, can you do this? I want you to do that. And then the only thing you're doing is working through your checklist. And then you feel that at the end of the week, you've done everything that people expected of you and wanted you to do. But what about your own vision, your own choices in life, you, where you want to go? In order to keep focus on that, you try, try, I think you have to really uh, focus on that vision and, and prioritize that vision or dream or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it is very difficult to realize your own dream or your or call it vocation maybe if other people keep interfering with their requests and their you know uh, priorities they may sometimes be the same and then they're compatible but sometimes they're not and they distract you from what you need to do in life and uh, and I feel that with this uh, this whole situation this corona situation that was something that I needed to be in charge with and it produces results and I'm very very proud of what we've been able to accomplish in just 10 weeks if I look back at these first uh, transmissions that we did these first streams and I look at what we are able to do now I can uh, normally that would take years to master that and we did that in just a few weeks and it is because I knew where I wanted to go I had this vision. This is what it has to look like. This is, I think, the kind of equipment that we need. And this is what needs to change. And then I've been very consistently implementing all these changes in light of the greater goal. And in light of the vision that I had, this is what I want to be able to do. And, uh, well, with the TV work, it's kind of similar. The, The... the podcasting in a, in a way uh, as well. I remember that I I did a ton of podcasts, all sorts of different shows, depending on what I perceived to be the uh, the uh, interests of people that I wanted to reach. Um, but what I think what lacked was an overall vision. So what what purpose does this serve? And is it really a good idea <laughs> that if you want to ultimately end up in video? to keep focusing on doing all these audio shows. And so it's the vision that helped me discern that I had to focus more on video, that for that reason, it was good for me to uh, spin off the video work and, and my own uh, creative endeavors from the existing SQPN uh, organization because they found their niche and have a certain approach that I helped establish. But if for me, in order to get to what I felt was my goal and what my vision was, that couldn't be done within that organization. And I remember that it took me a long time to discern that because the first thing you think is, how can I change the situation or the organization to bring it to the next level or to the you know this, this new direction? And... That is not always possible. Sometimes you just have to leave it the way it is and create something new at the side. And, uh, and, and, and then sometimes you get more control and you can work faster and uh, it's easier to build something new sometimes 
and to fix something that is broken. Sometimes I think that of the church as well. We've been for years trying to fix the church. And every time we thought we fixed something, something else breaks, whether it is through a scandal or just because what you thought was going to work did not work or you can't, you know, big, one of the big problems, I think, with the Catholic Church in our Western world is that most people that are in charge are older. They don't get this younger generation. They don't understand it that sometimes young people actually enjoy Latin chant because they feel that, well, uh, why don't we, you know, put drums in the church and electrical guitars and stuff like that? Like, well, no. Young people want something else. So it is, sometimes we keep patching up the church, whereas this corona situation has, give a, has done a heart reset on everything. And it has allowed us, it has given us the opportunity to try totally new approaches. Some of which are, are working better than what we did before. And then, of course, you always have to go back and see, well, what did we lose in the process? It's not about completely throwing away everything. And so that's, I think, in my work that I ultimately ended up still doing a few podcasts, just a few, that I enjoy doing, that give me energy. And then I just let go of all these, these other things. And the geeky interests are now helping me to create content for YouTube, which by itself is also a challenge. And I'm still, I think, learning what works and what works for me. That's just as important. It's not just... Uh, at the beginning, I was only trying to mimic what other successful YouTubers did. And I think what, what matters is that I find my own voice and that I make my own choices. And that takes time. That really takes time. I was l looking at a video of... Um, this young Franciscan uh, priest, uh, he has a YouTube channel. I think it's called Breaking in the Habit. And um, he started doing YouTube five years ago without any experience. And then uh, five years later, he's, I think, one of the most well-known uh, religious people uh, in the Catholic Church to have, you know, with a YouTube channel. He's got a really great pre uh, community and, and good content. And then he looks back on his first videos, kind of takes you through it. And it's so recognizable, it's so relatable, because I'm like, oh, gosh, you cringe when you see yourself in these early attempts at doing something. And you, but that's also how you measure how much you've grown and how much just keep, keep on trying. Try to give yourself time to find your voice, to find your direction. And that ultimately results in quality. Overnight successes uh, usually don't exist. Even when you have successful business people or artists or inventors, what you don't see is the 99 times out of 100 that they failed and that they tried again, refined it, tried something new. And then the one thing that works is often the result of years of investment. And I feel that uh, in my own creative endeavors, that is very much the case. So, and that helps to not become too anxious when things don't work out the way you, you hoped they would, or when things fail, or when things go wrong, even if something breaks. You know, just use it as a learning experience, pick yourself up from the ground, start anew, and try to do it better, and 
if, if you fail again, well, try it, try it again. Every, everything can help you um, to improve what you're doing or to find your voice. It's, it's, a, it's a quest. It's not something that is just there and the only thing you need to do is uncover it. It is something that grows. You, you, you become yourself. Finding your voice is may, maybe just not the right expression. It is developing your voice. That's much more it. It's a growth process. Anyway, I'm babbling around quite a bit. We're almost at 56 minutes and 25 seconds, so this may be a good time to say goodbye. <laughs> I'm going to record my own, my, my, uh, my two other shows here. Um, I know that this was not very, uh, very well thought out, <laughs> very much off-the-cuff kind of conversation, but that's, uh, that's what you get when you subscribe to The Walk. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for... Uh, for your support, for your for for the privilege of your time, and if you want to help out as a patron, uh, I get I get like five, six, seven patrons a week now, new patrons. Um, so it's it, it's taking off and it creates exciting new possibilities. Um, so if you want to join that that uh, support group, then uh, take a look at patreon.com/slash/fatherroderick. Talk to you guys soon. Take care now. Bye.